What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 77 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my bearded buddy and co-host, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Yo, it has been the best week in video games all year. It's 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 nuts. It really does feel like video game Christmas. It, 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 every day was Christmas. I tried to explain to my wife. Uh, thankfully, she you know she put up with me as I tried explaining everything to her as it happened moment by moment. But man, what a roller coaster! What a roller coaster! And I can't wait to dive into it. But I think yeah, first well, off, is, I think first yeah. off, we got some apologies to make. Oh uh, my god! I was hoping we could just skip over this. Why don't I see you have one? So yeah. why don't you go ahead and uh, kick it off? So uh, in last week's podcast, uh, I mentioned that I would I got access to the Elden Ring um, beta and I was going to stream it out. Well, during that stream, I, I only got to do it for one hour, uh, but it was 1 a.m. It was like the work print after dark, and I was wearing a shirt with a pretty revealing V-neck uh, that some people <laughs> in chat were just like, I think this is against the terms of service. So I just want to apologize to you, Rob, for what you had to witness at 1 a.m. that night. That's so funny. I had no idea that that's what this apology was. Yeah, I popped in to the chat because... Normally, you let me know before you go live. Yeah. And I feel like either you didn't or I was busy with something, whatever it was. So I decide to hop on Twitch and I see that you're streaming. So I pop in. And yeah, man, you've got this You've got this neckline that's like all the way down here. Like it had to stop right above the nipple, you know. <laughs> and uh, And I was just worried for our channel. That's all, you know. We've got the, uh, you know, the onlyfans.com slash work print for that, for that kind of content. But oh, I, I, I got to get uh, started on that. <laughs> listen, I've got two apologies apparently I have to make. The first one being, I said a lot of things about Call of Duty Vanguard last week. I talked about how the game wasn't very fun, how it was boring, how the story, I didn't care about any of the characters. It was all kind of just dull and i stand by all of that <laughs> what i need to apologize for is i also said that the visuals in the campaign were not the didn't feel next gen right especially compared to some of the other games that i had been playing around the time like guardians of the galaxy i think i might have even said that the visuals looked exactly the same as the past two or three releases dating back to last gen Turns what, out, what, what, what was that, Rob? What was that? Turns out that when I put this game on my GameFly list, I accidentally put the Xbox One version and not the Xbox Series X, which normally isn't a big deal because GameFly will actually just send you the, the Xbox One version when there's a free upgrade for the Xbox Series X, like 80% of games these days do. But Call of Duty is not one of those titles. Call of Duty has their cross-gen bundle, and, and they keep the games absolutely separate. And so... Hey, uh, but to, your, to your credit, though, and I, uh, I think it's a bit of annoyance because it's starting to pop up a bit more and more where mm -hmm. everything should use smart delivery, where depending on what console version yeah. you have, you just get you get the correct version. But like I think it's with the Battlefield... Uh, What's a battlefield? Uh, I think download with uh, Call of Duty with Tales of Arise. There are these like stag, they're staggered. They're like it's multiple releases of, uh, mm -hmm. of digital files, and I've downloaded the wrong ones twice already, uh, which is really annoying. Uh, so I'm really hoping um, they kind of Microsoft puts their foot down on on stuff like this going forward. 
even though the even funny on thing, Sony end too. The funny thing, I was going through the settings of that game, trying to look for the 120 hertz mode, and was like, I can't believe they took it out this year when they had it last year. Like, what a step back. Uh, and I think that's when I realized, oh, wait a second. <laughs> and so, you know, because I am a man of honor, I sent that disc back last week, and I've put the Series X version at the top of my list so that I can give that a go and test that out and just see from a you know visual standpoint if it's any better. And who knows, maybe it visually being upgraded will make me enjoy the multiplayer more because I played like two matches of the multiplayer and popped the disc out and was like, all right, I'm done. This is a nightmare. Now, the other apology yes. I have is... I'm waiting. Well, you know what? Let's just get into it. Halo Infinite's multiplayer got dropped early. Yes. That is one of our big news stories. <laughs> it had started to rumor, the rumor started building over the weekend that this was a possibility. That on Tuesday? Tuesday? No, Monday. Monday. On Monday, the 20-year anniversary of Xbox and Halo, that they were going to release the multiplayer component early. The kind of uh xbox 20th anniversary live stream that they had went off and it which we're going to recap later and it did in fact end with them saying the halo infinite multiplayer beta is now available now they are calling it a beta but it is feature complete i mean this is yeah. by all accounts the multiplayer that we would have gotten at launch it the first season has already started yes there are going to be tweaks and we're going to talk about that as well but it is I mean, it's the most, playing it, it's the most non-beta beta I've ever played in my life because this game is exactly what I wanted. It does, we talked about this during the Alpha Flights that I, we just wish they would release this part early. Yeah. Just release it. You we, know? We, it we are psychics. Like, we <laughs> predicted the future and it happened. Like, we, I told you, we, we, we called out Phil Spencer on our very own podcast and we're like, Phil, just put it out. Just put it out early. It'd be great. And... Oh man, it brings me back. It brings me back to the Halo 3 days. This is the best Halo they've put out since Halo 3, um, in my opinion. No, I agree 100%. And yeah. it, you said it brings you back to the Halo you know, 2, Halo 3 days. We were playing Big Team Battle. We had eight people in a party. We are laughing and screaming. It really felt like being back in the dorms being back with my my college buddies and and just playing until all hours of the night it is absolutely fantastic and it's even better than during the alpha flight i mean the maps that are in there and that they that i've played so far the newer ones are absolutely fantastic that actually i think the newer ones are my the ones i enjoy more and i think are the better maps uh which was great because you know they didn't spoil it they saved the best for the actual launch I also think that whatever they did behind the scenes to to tweak it and especially when it comes to like playing on a controller and stuff like that, it feels much better than yeah. it did at, at the flight. I already enjoyed it. I was having a good time and kind of wrapped my heads around it. But I remember feeling like, oh, this is going to take some adjusting to. I felt kind of like, you know, all first person shooters on console have some level of aim assist. I mean, actually, all shooters on console have some level of aim assist. But there was something about the aim assist in the Halo Infinite Alpha flight that just fell off. 
And whatever they've done now, whatever slight tweak they've made, it feels absolutely fantastic. And I am loving it. And that is the game that as soon as that game came out, that's the game I put the most time into. And almost every other game outside of Apex has fallen by the wayside. I told my wife over the weekend when the rumors start dropping, uh, I think it, there's people are data mining Halo Waypoint and they noticed that the first season, I think it's called like Heroes of Reach. Uh, yes. for season mm -hmm. one of the multiplayer and it said the release date on that's uh, going to be November 15th, which was Monday. And that kicked off the rumor mill. And then it just seemed like some reporters with inside information were just leaving sly comments as well. Mm -hmm. Microsoft stayed quiet through the weekend. And I think rightfully so on this one, you don't, yeah. I, don't I don't think this is one that you wink and nudge at. Um, and so I was talking to my wife. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And she's like, the Spider-Man trailer dropped? And I'm like, no. And she's like, like the, Halo, the Halo multiplayer is coming early. And she's like, why would you get me hyped up? And I was like, no, this is this is for me. Uh, I like, and she's an angel. Like Monday came, the event I think was like around 11 uh, or one o'clock. I forgot what time the event was on I, Monday. Uh, yeah, I'll, I think it was 11. Uh, watched it and then multiplayer dropped like instantly on Steam. And, uh, you know, I, I tried a round or two, still had to watch the baby. And then she was just like, you're going to play tonight, right? Like, that, that you know, like, we're not hanging out. And she, she was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. She's like, that's, that's totally fine. And I was like, I was like, thank you. And like, I, I have not gamed that. I think I played six hours straight. I had not gamed like that even before the baby came in a really long time. I had such a massive headache by the time I finished, but it felt so good. Uh, I think I finished playing around 2 a.m. And then, then uh, yesterday I was like, I, I woke up, I was like, I regret staying up that late because the kid woke up at 6. I should mm -hmm. be smarter about that. Stayed up till 2 a.m. again last night. <laughs> got up at 6. I, it, it, it's, so, it's, it's just so much fun. They're, I think the one thing Halo does better than any other game is like the time to kill. Um, if someone gets to jump on you, you have an opportunity to turn it around as long as you're right. not in like a really bad situation. Right. So, and, I, it, and that's, and that's just it, right? You yeah. have an opportunity. I mean, yeah. I think most of the time, if the person who got the drop on you is at your level or above it, I mean, they're going to win that fight. Mm -hmm. Right. But the, you're not out of it, which I, I can't be said about any of the other first person shooters outside of some of the BRs, you know, but like Apex kind of has a time to kill similar where you can actually get out of it. But Call of Duty, forget about it. Someone comes in behind you, you're done. Yeah. Uh, Battlefield 2042, someone comes in behind you, forget about it, you're done. Um, actually, while, since I mentioned it, let me just talk about it real quickly. I had talked about it on the podcast before that Call of Duty just didn't interest me this year out. That actually the ones that interested me more was Battlefield 2042. And then once Halo was out, forget about it. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking Halo's December. You know, I'm, I'm going to need something to play until then. So Battlefield 2042 comes out and anecdotally speaking on, on social media and stuff like that, it gets a not the best of buzz. It seems like most people stated that even what, during the beta that it kind of felt like it needed more time in the oven and that it was just kind of disjointed and kind of a mess. Is it Not even from like a, I, 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 think, I, think, I think it was early access and I think it's officially out as of yesterday. Okay. And so I decided to do the trial as part of Xbox 
Game Pass Ultimate, we also have EA Play included, and they have those 10-hour trials that you can play of the games. And that includes, that starts from the early access uh, date. And so I downloaded it, I played maybe three or four hours, and boy, is that game not fun. Like, I, I don't, I, maybe I just don't understand the appeal of it, but these massive battles with 64 on 64 you just don't feel like you're contributing in any way and a lot of that game unless you're in a vehicle ends up you being running around for like two and a half to three minutes because the maps are so large trying to get to an objective just to get sniped and die and then repeat that cycle even when you're spawning in on squad mates and stuff like that there's no sense of teamwork at least if you're not playing with an actual group of friends and so if you get knocked there is a revive mechanic and you can call for a revive but forget about it nobody's reviving i actively disliked my time in that game actually it was one of those things where i think the audio design is is really cool uh, i've always respected that respected that uh, uh respected that when it comes to dice and the games that they make I also think that the guns feel pretty good when you're shooting them, but the actual like uh, feedback that you get from them when you're hitting enemies and stuff like that. There, there's so many times that I thought I should have killed an enemy where I, I, I it, on my screen it looked like I was getting the shots on them, just for them to end up winning the gunfight. And I know part of it is that there are attachments you unlock for the weapons and you get the weapons stronger and stuff like that, but. I mean, in the two or three hours I played of that game, I did not have any fun. And I went from mode to mode, trying to see if there was something in there that I could, you know, find that clicked with me and that I would enjoy. And I just did it. And it's funny because I know that the allure of Battlefield is the fact that you're in these, this big conflict and it feels like you're on a battlefield, right? I think that Halo's big team battle does a better job of feeling like you're in the middle of this massive, even though it is only 12 on 12 or whatever, it feels like you are on this in this massive war, but just like in your area of this massive war, yeah. right? And that's what I, I'm getting what I thought I would get out of Battlefield from Halo, you know? Yeah. And I think we've been both on the record saying that we really aren't too big of fans of big team battle. And Correct. It just, it, and I know my cousins, for a fact, are not fans of big team battle. But I think we were all in there um, that first day and even uh, yesterday. And we were just having fun. It was it was just simple madness. It, it just felt good. You just... Uh, there was a levity to big. There's a good levity to the big team battle. <laughs> yeah. It's just because uh, there, there's some new there's some new game modes. There's like uh, there's stronghold, which is like you hold three different points, uh, and you need to capture all three in a big team battle uh, in order to get a point uh, towards um, winning that round. I think it's first to three. And there was one round where it was just like nobody could capture all three points at once, and we, it was just grenades. It was air vehicles, it was ground vehicles, there were people flipping warthogs. Um, there was a moment in a Capture the Flag game where Rob told me to get on the back of a mongoose and then immediately drove me into two warthogs, um, flipping the mongoose and then leading to our death. Uh, okay, in was, my defense, in my defense, in my defense, <laughs> I was going what I thought was very fast in that mongoose. 
And I thought that I would hit the Warhog and actually there would be some impact. Well, it turns out that one, I didn't take into consideration that the Warhog was parked right next to a rock, so it didn't have far to go. And two, a mongoose hitting a Warhog is like a mosquito on your arm, you know? You don't actually feel it uh, until you notice it, right? And so I also didn't see that second Warhog. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, that wasn't really big. It came out of nowhere. And yeah, and so, yes, I drove us straight to our death. And that is my second apology is I apologize for for that. Yeah. And so, um, but I forgive you. It was honestly, it was, so, it was the most fun I had in a very long time with a multiplayer yeah, game. Uh, I agree. hundred percent. I have such a big single player backlog, um, for games. And it's just like, I, no, I just want to play this Halo Infinite multiplayer. Like normally after this podcast wraps up, I will probably go watch a TV show with my wife. I'll probably do that. And then when she goes to bed, I will be like, Hey, I'm gonna 2 AM again. <laughs> one more, one more <laughs> night. <laughs> um yeah like 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 gameplay wise everything there feels great i think there yeah. are uh some issues though around the battle pass and like battle passes yes, are I... now a, a big part of any multiplayer shooter um yeah you know i mean 100 percent game in general 100 percent. the one i i think this game is in such a rare position right now and i think it's so smart that they released it early considering kind of the uh lukewarm response that call of duty has gotten and the downright bad response that battlefield 2042 has gotten so far because it makes this shine even more in my opinion and the one thing that needs to be improved and it's such a minor thing at the end of the day but it is a thing that that doesn't impact my enjoyment of of the game because like you said battle passes are commonplace now right? It's part of the package. In a, a lot of games, it is how we get a sense of progression, you know? Yeah. And so th the battle pass at launch was similar to the paddle pass in the alpha flight where it was just, I mean, it moved slow as molasses. I mean, you just yeah. did not progress. We've, I mean, you said it, you've, you've, you've played, we'll say, you know, 10 hours, 10 hours so far, hours, right? Yeah. And you're at, yeah, there you go. You're level five on the battle pass, you know? I've and had so game, I've had games where, um, like, like strongholds uh, where I played, I'm playing ranked arena, uh, solo by myself. I had 26 captures, 27 kills, uh, like crazy medals. And then I finished that match. And what do I get? Progression on play three matches to get a hundred experience. But I yeah. get experience because that was match two of three, right? Uh, and so I, I get nothing towards that like progression there. Um, but I think the one positive is is uh, I think the community managers for three for three were out like Monday night because that subreddit for Halo, every front page thing was just like this game is great, but we really need to talk about how much this battle pass sucks right now. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I mean, and, and like you said, credits them, right? I mean, it makes sense. You're getting nothing, nothing but positive buzz and excitement. And even with all that excitement, people are still pointing out the one black eye uh, yeah. of the launch. And you know how, you know, video game enthusiasts are, right? That at the end of the day is what we're going to focus, what a lot of people are going to focus on, you know? Yeah. And so for them to come out right away and be responsive and say, hey, we are looking at it. We are reevaluating it. And then what was it today? You sent me over this thread yeah, a few hours ago. Yep, yeah, two hours ago where 
Uh, one of the developers stated, to address the feedback on Battle Pass progression, we will be making targeted tunings to our model later this week. To start, we'll be adding play one game challenges to help make sure you consistently progress through the Battle Pass by playing matches the way you want. He continued on, we'll also be adjusting, fixing bugs with, and removing some weekly challenges based on your feedback. These tunings to challenge difficulty will help you progress through weekly challenges faster and thus directly speed up your progress through the battle pass. When we make this update, we'll need to reset your challenges, including your progress towards weekly ones. To make up for this reset, we'll be granting this week's ultimate reward, the Sigil Mark 7 Visor, to everyone who logs in from November 23rd to November 30th. They are not only responding quickly, not, in, not only communicating clearly, but also including a make good. Like, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better response from developers. And we've talked about this many times on the podcast. Transparency is is key to keeping that relationship with your community, yep. but then also going above and beyond. Like, it just shows how important Halo is to yeah. 343, to Microsoft as a whole. Additionally, we will be doubling the duration of two XP boosts to now last one hour as opposed to 30 minutes. We hope this helps people get the most out of them, especially during those longs, those longer big team battle sessions. Yeah, we'll be watching these. Think of that. <laughs> yeah, we'll be watching these changes closely to make sure they have the positive impact we all want on your progression. This is only our first step. We are committed to continue evolving these systems, but it will take time. Thanks for joining our beta and keep the feedback coming. Now, one of the other things that's smart about doubling the duration of these two times, uh, these double XP boosts, is that now it also makes the double, and this is just me being, you know, a little bit of a, of a, a cynic, or, or I should say just like uh, be thinking logically from a business perspective, it also makes them more enticing, which means that people are more likely to buy them, you know? Because at the time, like, Honestly, a 30 minute two time X, you know, double XP boost on what was slow as molasses progression just didn't make sense. Make sense. Didn't feel like, yeah. yeah, it was worth it. Whereas now getting an hour out of it and they're tweaking how much we actually, you know, the progression, how fast you actually go up it. I mean, it makes a ton of sense from a business perspective. I'm excited because I went out and bought a whole bunch of Halo branded Rockstar energy drinks. Oh, uh, question <laughs> and, for you. How yeah. does Rockstar taste in comparison to Red Bull? I never had a Rockstar. So sugar-free Rockstar, mm -hmm. which is basically the closest thing to their like original flavor. I I, I try to only drink the sugar-free energy drinks period. Anyway, sugar-free Rockstar and regular Rockstar, which I have had, they taste like bubblegum. Ooh. Yeah. So they are like sweet like bubblegum. And I, I mean in the sense of like when you've had bubblegum flavored, you know, like those Japanese sodas, they have bubblegum flavored Japanese yeah. sodas. And also, uh, I mean, honestly, as a kid, that bubblegum medicine, right? It, 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 Give it, to me. <laughs> it tastes like that. And so it's not, it, it's much sweeter than the other ones. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say though, that I also bought a couple cans of their 240 milligram so they're like higher caffeine content ones and those do have some sugar and they're blue raspberry flavored and those are delicious <laughs> and i am wired out of my mind right now because of that <laughs> but uh but so what, what is it? it it's it's rockstar um it's rockstar energy drinks are, are there pringles if i recall no i i maybe maybe i got uh, a twitter survey asking me if i saw any halo related to tino's um, ads. I, like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't recall yeah. anything. No, me neither. Yeah. I've only seen the rock stars. So 
And I mean, I drink energy drinks anyway, so it yeah. works for me. And actually Rockstar does a thing where it changes up. You don't just get double XP. You get like the first code, you get double XP and you get two challenge swaps. Yeah. Uh, you also get a daily entry into the giveaway and an entry into the grand prize. But the second code was a like skin pack, I think. I can't remember if it's for weapons or vehicles. And then the third one is going to be for double XP. The fourth one is for like a, a emblem pack. Like there are in-game cosmetics and it's not random. There's like a track. Honestly, okay. there's a battle pass for <laughs> Rockstar Energy Drinks. That's basically what it is. And they've got so, you. They've got you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't... I. <laughs> on the one hand, I do want to spend all podcasts talking about Halo. On the other hand, we still have a ton of news to get through. I think the bottom line is I, I want them to see, I want to see them continue to be mm -hmm. this transparent and this responsive to community. And I am so, so excited for the, the future of Halo. Yeah, I, I think uh, just to wrap up on uh, my thoughts here real quick, I'm really enjoying everything. I just wish there were separate hoppers for like Slayer because right now everything yeah. is like there's quick play, there's bot boot camp. And yeah. the event, and then ranked arenas, which is just like it's capture flag, oddball slayer, strongholds. Yeah. Um, all I I have, yeah, and I have I to imagine th this is yeah. part of the reason it's a beta still, and yeah. it is them basically stress testing their servers and kind of figuring out like you know, um, how they're going to manage all of this before actual launch happens, yeah. because. I, I do still think that you are going to see a huge influx of players at actual launch and then a bigger one two weeks later on, on at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. And, and then I think that the last thing I'm also excited for in regards to all this is uh, they like if you go through like the armory uh, in you know, where you can change your armors and your look and feel, they have uh, this like one samurai looking um uh, armor piece and like they're doing events and like this events already scheduled for next week it starts the 23rd yeah uh, and i'm just like wow they already they are on top of this like they're ready to move they got event passes going and this is like and it's cool because it's not like if you if you're not available because yeah, it's like right before thanksgiving like people are traveling and whatnot you they already stated like this will be back later in the season as well so if you miss it you can always come back and get it later um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's really neat. Um, I it, and it's free to play. Uh, I, I think we didn't even say that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, and you don't even need to use a PC Game Pass. I downloaded it on Steam. I have it on the Xbox. Mm -hmm. Crossplay works phenomenal. Uh, I've been actually playing pr predominantly on PC. Um, that's the only reason I haven't streamed it, just because I lose the performance mode of hooked up to the capture card, which then it feels a little bit off. But that might mm -hmm. just be me. But you know, we'll, we'll definitely get some streams up. I think. Yeah, I will for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In this weekend uh, for some Halo. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, Halo is not the only thing I've played in the past week. I already mentioned that I played some Battlefield 2042. I played more of Forza Horizon 5. I love that game so much. Even when I got done playing Halo, I still went in and did a couple races. The one thing that is driving me nuts is I told you that I bought that racing wheel and that I was super excited actually for forza horizon 5 and i've played a decent amount of time with the wheel in forza horizon 4 leading up to this the wheel support in forza horizon 5 is completely broken it seems that they're aware of that it's just it's 
I'm telling you, it's like impossible to drive at all without spinning out using the wheel. I mean, I'm talking on the road. The moment you hit dirt, forget about it, it's over. And at first I thought maybe it's just me, you know, maybe, <laughs> I mean, the wheel is more difficult than a controller at the end of the day. Maybe I just have to change some of the settings, but then I went on and I looked and no, it is one of their known issues and everybody online is having this the same situation. Uh, so uh, what I did is I kind of gave up on doing that until they fixed that and I've been using a controller and oh my God, am I such a better driver with the controller? <laughs> like it feels so, so good. I uh, only complaint I have about that game is I, I don't think the radio stations are very good for the most part. I got kind of got sick of the music. It all yeah. sounded kind of samey. And so I went and I just turned radio off and I bring up the Spotify app and I just have a podcast or, or my own music playing in the background. Luckily, these consoles or on PC, it's super easy to just have your own music playing. Mm -hmm. um, I will also say that I took your advice and I switched it from quality to performance and it still looks fantastic in performance yeah. and it runs so much better. I it's mean, it, it really is. It is, really is the type of game where performance is where you want to play it. Yeah. Now, speaking of music, I played a little game called Hextech Mayhem, a League of Legends story. I've made it very clear my disdain for League of Legends these days. I do love the lore and the universe. And so one of the stories we have, and we'll just get into it right now, is that Riot Games had already announced that Hextech Mayhem was releasing, but they also surprise release their previously announced RPG, Ruined King. I and am, they both dropped on the same day. I am so mad. Like, they had to choose this week to do this. I know, of all the week. Halo week. Like, yeah. God damn And it. so I am waiting to hear reviews and, and thoughts on Ruin King before I, I take that plunge because that is, even though that's only a $30, uh, a $30 game and it looks pretty good. Honestly, like looking at the, the launch trailer, it is a turn-based RPG kind of isometric. And instead I went ahead and I downloaded Hextech Mayhem, which is a rhythm based auto runner starring Ziggs, actually one of my favorite characters, because when Ziggs came out, I promised that I was going to be a Ziggs main. And I played him for, I don't know, a year straight. He was my main. I don't think I ever actually got very good with him, but he's, he's, uh, all, he's fun to play with. Yeah. And so this story revolves around him and Heimerdinger kind of going at it. Ziggs wants to cause chaos with his bombs and Heimerdinger's trying to stop him. The way the gameplay works, and you have a video coming up right now, is it's a three-button game. It's a rhythm game. You're hitting the buttons to the beat, and there are little icons that tell you whether you need to jump by hitting the A button. I'm playing on the Switch. The A button, uh, whether you have to toss a bomb by hitting the X button, or if you have to slam down by pressing down on the D-pad. So it's one input on your left hand, two inputs on your right hand. It, the input is, is, is fine. I wish I could remap them, honestly, and kind of have all the inputs as just three buttons on that one side because I think it's easier to kind of tap in rhythm that way. But that's not this game's biggest issue. Now, this game's only $10, okay? I played and beat this game. It's around three and a half hours long. How much when it, it comes to a rhythm game, which is what this game is at its core, the music has to be good. And I think that 
early on, I thought the music was was fun and kind of catchy. But as it gets a new play, it all sounded very samey. And there just wasn't a lot of variety. And it just, I don't think the music is very good. Okay. I also think that the, there's a lot going on on the screen. I mean, there's like enemies and explosions. I'm, there's just so many effects going on that it has a readability issue. And so what ends up happening is you end up just focusing more or less on the icons, you know, like you would in DDR. I also think the way the icons are mapped, it doesn't feel great, right? Hitting those buttons to the beat. And it also doesn't feel like it's actually on beat. Later on, it's explained to you that in between each of those beats, there are other inputs that you could be doing. And there are things on the, the screen that give you a hint as to what you, what inputs you should be hitting. And that's how you actually get a hundred percent is by hitting the inputs that are there and hitting these other inputs. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm playing on a smaller screen or if it really is just all the chaos that's happening on screen, but I found it almost impossible to read what those other inputs should be in between, right? Because it's all based on like, whether there's a box there, whether there's a bomb floating in the air or it gets to the point where I was trying to, I think master is the highest level. It might be perfect, then master, then platinum, then gold. But I was just trying to platinum everything, right? Just above average, platinum everything. By the end of it, I just wanted to get through it. You know, I was just, I was taking golds. So I was taking, I think I took one silver. I was just, I just wanted it to be done. And you never want that. I love rhythm games, actually. It's like one of my guilty pleasures. I mean, the Persona 4 Dancing All Night is, is, Absolutely fantastic in my opinion. I love that game. And so I was hoping for something like that mixed with the like Rayman Legends music levels. You know, that's what I was hoping for. I pushed through. I beat the game earlier today, about two hours before we started recording. After you beat that game, it unlocks two additional modes. One is called the impossible mode where there's no icons on the screen, right? <laughs> The other one is called, uh, I, I, I'm blanking on the name right now. If it's like perfectionist mode, performance, I, it, I, I can't, I, I can't remember what it is, but that mode has all of the inputs on the screen, including the ones in between that you're supposed to get just by, you know, figuring out the, but just by environmental clues. So that one is like a perfect timing accuracy, the way you expect most rhythm games to be. That makes it actually much harder because now you are trying to hit all those in-between marks, right? But it also feels so much better. Like it feels like it's mapped to the music properly. Whereas the bass mode, in my opinion, doesn't feel that way. It just doesn't feel, it feels clunky. But that mode felt so much better and was way more fun. Now it was harder, you know, but it was, it was just, like I said, so much better, so much more enjoyable. And I just wish that that was what the game was from the beginning. You know, honestly, that mode makes me want to go back through it and actually play it again and see if I can perfect those, those runs because now it feels good. And I, I think that's what I was missing the whole time. I think that if you're a big fan of rhythm games and a huge fan of League of Legends and these characters at $10, it's maybe worth a shot. 
I do want to point out though that this game is also available on PC, but my understanding is that you can't change the key bindings there either, and though the key bindings are very awkward. It's also going to be available on mobile through the Netflix app because it's part of their Netflix games initiative. And so if you have a Netflix subscription, I would just wait for that to try it out first before that hitting be the $10 Android down. Only, right? uh, no, I think the, the Netflix games came to iPhone as well. Did it really? I need to open I, up that app. <laughs> I, I think so. I think okay. it came, I mean, it came afterwards, but I think it was only like, you know, three days later. I remember being surprised that they were even able to get that deal done, right? Because of how Apple is normally with that stuff. Anyway, that wraps up what I've been playing. Uh, how about how about you? Why don't you get into what you've been playing? So I'm on the I'm on the flip side of uh, the League of Legends uh, releases here. I actually picked up Ruined King on uh, Xbox Series X. Uh, because, you know, I went to the website as soon as that announcement dropped and they're like, hey, it's available on all these consoles. And so I bought yeah. it. Uh, I bought it for on Xbox and then I start playing it and I was like, mm, something's not right here. Uh, it, it, the game is beautiful. Uh, the art style is fantastic. The silhouettes, the cutscenes uh, look great. But then I was like, this doesn't look 4K. Um, and then I quickly go to their Twitter account and they're like, yeah, our next gen update, it will be pushed out at a later date. And I'm just like, but on your website, you had the Series yeah. S and Series X right. logo. Well, because, like Xbox cause, One. Yeah, because technically you can play it on those. I, it's it's the worst. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really hate, uh, I wish they were just more straightforward with like. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Because I would have just bought it on PC if that was the case. Because uh, yeah. I wanted to play it in 4K. Uh, but the game is great. Um, it is, it is an RPG with turn-based action. Uh, you start the game off as Miss Fortune, um, who I learned his first name is Sarah, so Sarah Fortune. Some <laughs> League of Legends lore for you right there. And uh, it, it kicks off with like a backstory with her character uh, taking over uh, the port, the side town of Bilgewater. Um, mm -hmm. She has killed Gangplank in a feud. Gangplank was this ruthless, like, tyrant that was uh, ruling over Bilgewater uh, with his pirates, and uh, Fortune has taken over. She's, like, trying to get um, her hands on everything when this creepy black mist makes a return, which is bringing monsters out, and so she needs to team up with, like, Elawi, um, who is another one of the champions from League, to go to what they call the Shadow Isles and figure out why this Black Mist is coming back. It's... The way they handle the characters is really interesting. The game is... You walk you walk through the world uh, an isometric uh, style, so you're like third-person view. Um, you can initiate uh, early attacks against enemies out in the wild uh, with like right trigger. So like with Misfortune, you can... Uh, fire her uh, pistol with Elawi. You can actually summon a tentacle and like slam down an enemy. Um, with Brom, uh, who is like a support character in League, uh, and what I really like is like they incorporated a lot of the characters' move sets from League and their passives into uh, the game. So like these are act like you feel like these are actually those characters. Um, That's awesome. I, I yeah. appreciate that. And. and so, you know, it's turn-based combat. So when you get into a fight, what ends up happening is you have instant attacks, which you can use instantly to do damage. 
Uh, there's a, a thing called overcharge, which will give you like round-based mana. So like if you use an overcharge attack, uh, I'll give you like 10 additional mana that you can use for like that fight uh, instead of uh, diving into your mana pool. And then there's like the lane abilities. And so these lane abilities cost mana to use. They're much more powerful. They can, uh, with, the, with MF, there's like the shot of hers in League that I think it's like the double tap where like you shoot one person and the second bullet bounces off and hits another target. Uh, if you use something like that, um, you have three lanes to choose from, which is speed lane, balance lane, and power lane. Uh, representing the three lanes of a, a league, I think, you know, bring that over. But depending on which lane you choose, it depend, uh, also affects how fast uh, your attack is and how effective it is. So if you're trying to be speedy with your attack, um, you it'll be less effective, you do less damage, but you get it off faster. And then there's like a bar at the bottom that shows you the timeline of like where everybody's moving at. Um, there's quite a lot of buffs and debuffs that the enemies have that you can uh, tackle. Um, very deep ability tree. Um, so every time you level up, you can get a upgrade point and uh, there's skill trees for every character. There's equipment. And the, one of my favorite things, the weapons change when you equip a new weapon uh, in battle. Uh, so it's like, it's a small cosmetic thing. I, I've put about like an hour and a half into it so far and I'm really, really enjoying this. Like, even if you're not a fan of League, um, I think there's something very, very cool here uh, with uh, Ruined King. Uh, I'm definitely going to spend more time on it and uh, hopefully have an update for you guys uh, next week. Uh, I also picked up Shin Megami Tensei 5, uh, which was something I was very much looking forward to for a very long time, uh, ever since the original Switch announcement. But what ends up happening, what ended up happening with this weekend with the Halo announcement, uh, access to Elder, uh, Elden Ring, I, I didn't get much time to give, end up getting much time to Shin Megami Tensei 5. Put about an hour, hour and a half in there as well, right before the first boss fight. Um, best way I can describe it is if you're a fan of Persona, it's like, I mean, Shin Megami Tensei is the series that Persona spun out of. Uh, if you play the Persona game, uh, which I think is much more mainstream uh, nowadays in uh, terms of the gaming culture, you'll find that the combat is very similar. You have your magic abilities that can do critical attacks, which give you another turn, and you want to use every strength, every tool in your inventory to win your battles as quickly as possible. Because one of the issues that does arise uh, is Shin Megami Tensei V is difficult, extremely difficult. Uh, the, the boss fight, not even the boss fights, the fights against uh, the creatures and enemies in the open world uh, are very hard. Like, they will knock you out, uh, no problem. And so you need to balance your health and mana usage as you make your way through. Uh, if you're looking for, like, a very hardcore, what I like to describe as Dark Souls Pokemon, then this is uh, probably the game for you. I say Pokemon because as you're battling these demons out in, in the world, you can have a conversation with them, and depending on uh, how you answer their questions, uh, they can join your party. And so once everything, you know, once you get them in your party, you know, you can use them to fuse in, with other demons and get new demons uh, as part of your team. Um, so it's, it's very Pokemon-ish in uh, that aspect. Um, but 
yeah, it it's it has my attention. It just got pulled away with shadow drops of Halo multiplayer and uh, and Ruined King. Yeah, and then, I I can I can only imagine. I'm like in the same boat when it comes to all the single player games I'm playing. Yeah, and then uh, last but not least, uh, Elden Ring had their I think it's a technical network test uh, is what they called it, uh, which I got to invite to. They it was three hour windows throughout the weekend, and I only managed to fit in one hour during one of the blocks. Uh, th- there were some afternoon one at blocks from like two to five, which would have been great if I, you know, if I was not a dad. But <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not the case here. Uh, but uh, the one I did end up finding was one late night when we got back home and I had an hour, so I jumped in there. And so, Elden Ring, what can I say about this? It's Dark Souls 3 meets Breath of the Wild, uh, and that is exciting. It, it, I think it's very exciting, uh, because dark, if, if you like the gameplay of Dark Souls and you enjoy the exploration of what Breath of the Wild brought to the table for the Zelda series, I, and like, I know the complaints with Breath of the Wild that people have, or some folks have, like, you know, it's not a traditional Zelda game. It's, um, you know, kind of open-ended in that respect. But that's kind of what Dark... I always felt lost in Dark Souls, uh, some of the earlier ones. I think with 3, it kind of made more of a linear fashion of, like, where you could go. It, yeah, it, it feels like Dark Souls 3. Uh, the combat feels good. Uh, just it, it's what you expect. Uh, things that I didn't see coming were how tough some of those enemies in the open worlds could be. Uh, I remember as soon as I got out of that beginning tutorial area, there was a, a little legit boss fight waiting for me right in that open world, and I could avoid them. Um, there's a there's a shopkeeper where I was able to buy crafting materials. Um, I was able to pick up flowers, kill wildlife grab their bones and meat and use that material to craft. Um, you get a horse that you can ride around um, the open world on. Uh, and there was a encampment I came across. And this is where it kind of reminded me of Far Cry, where I was scoping out the, this encampment with these guards and trying to figure out the best way to clear it out to see what I could find in there. Just a self-made challenge. I could have just easily gone around it, no problem. And so uh, I go in the first time, uh, and you can summon, like, helpers. Uh, there's these little, like, pillars if you're in the vicinity of. You'll see an icon on the left side of your screen. So I summoned in this, like, sorcerer. Now, the sorcerer just aggroed every guard immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I, so I was like, okay, there's only two guards. But one of the guards in the encampment had a trumpet, and as soon as he blew into that, every enemy nearby, every guard nearby came in and just bum-rushed me. And there was like, you can't fight that. It's a Dark Souls game. Like, as soon as you're fighting more than one enemy, you're already at a disadvantage. So, uh, immediately died, and they have like these, they're pretty pretty forgiving. They have like these little angel statues that you can resurrect at, or like their new grace points which are like bonfires um so you can go back to them and there's one right outside the encampment so i went back in tried it again and until i i think 
must have died like 30 times in this hour <laughs> uh, like like no joke it's it's hard it, it, it's still dark souls just because it's open world doesn't make it any easier like you still gotta play smart and like I, I think it took me that hour to get back in the rhythm of like this is how you play a souls game um it's doing a lot of cool things i'm kind of glad i didn't play a lot more of it past that hour because i just want that full release to come and just experience it fresh with that um uh, but yeah that's usually I, how i am with uh y yeah demos and, and that's why um, for the most part i if i know it's a game i'm 100 gonna get i just kind of stay away from them yeah and i think i think with this one in particular i'm super uh, like i'm pumped it honestly was a great hour with it and i'm sold like i would pre-order this game eyes closed though if i could get my hands on a review copy that would be better so uh, <laughs> i need to fi make friends with someone at bandai and namco um, yeah, and uh, that about wraps up what I played for this week. All right, cool. So we've already mentioned, uh, we're getting right into the news. We've already mentioned that Xbox had its 20th anniversary event. Just a quick recap. Well, the first thing they talked about was the Power On documentary. It's going to be a six-part documentary. Just speaking of, you know, uh, the days leading up to and the actual launch of the original Xbox uh it seemed, it and all six episodes yeah all six episodes yeah. will be available to watch globally starting december 13th on a variety of video platforms including roku imdb tv youtube redbox and others um yeah i mean i think i mean obviously this is a documentary being produced by the company it's on right yeah. so at the end of the day we are getting well i'm sure we'll get a ton of you know interesting anecdotes we are getting what they want us to get you know? Yeah, I I left during the trailer they showed for it. We're just talking about like the DirectX team and how they were like, "Where are the bad boys of Microsoft?" They like, came in <laughs> and walked into whatever meetings or trying to sell people on this yeah. console. And I was like, I was like, man, that that really was the culture back then, wasn't it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but no, that that definitely seems interesting. And I um, listen, I'm a complete video game mark. I will end up watching uh, that entire six part documentary. Next thing, uh, one of the other things they announced was 20 years, uh, celebrate 20 years of Xbox with over 70 new backward compatible games. They have blown the backward compatibility library out and it continues with, you know, these, these titles, these extra titles they were releasing. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find the um, full list somewhere. Um, so uh, amongst some of the, like the highlights, there are like the entire Max Payne series and the Fear franchise. Um, an entire skate franchise is now there. Uh, they added 20 more original Xbox titles, including, I think, a lot of the Dead or Alive games, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Star Wars Starfighter, and the Otogi franchise. Um, a lot of the, these games also have uh, auto HDR uh, enhancements uh, and, and um, resolution increases as well. Uh, so... Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of titles that also got FPS boosts, so they now playable at 60 FPS, uh, including, I think, Fear, Fear 3, Binary Domain, and Nier. And then the entire Gears of War franchise, Fallout 3, New Vegas, Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion, Dragon Age Origins, Dead Space 2 and 3, Alan Wake, and Sonic Generations. I've heard... I'm a fan of Sonic games, but I've seen the footage of the 4K60 Sonic Generations that's been going around. It looks fantastic. It looks better than some of those Sonic games that they've uh, put out in recent years. 
it, it, it's kind of magic that this entire program um, in the long run. But all uh, the one, yes, all things must come to an end. The one thing yes. that we do need to mention is that these 70 plus titles are, is the end of the backwards compatibility program. They came out and stated that because of whether it's technical issues or licensing deals, this is where they end this program. Um, but I, kudos to them. This is not. This is something that they didn't have to do. Nobody else is doing it the way that they're doing it. And so just to get to the point where we're at right now with the amount of titles that they did add, I mean, is a, a huge achievement. And so um, I, it's funny because I... I don't play old games for the most part, right? Especially if it's a game I've already played, I don't go back. But I have, I have taken advantage of this. I played Psychonauts leading up to Psychonauts 2. Like it's situations like that where a new game in a franchise is coming out or a new game by a developer that looks interesting and I wanna play their past work where you can just go in there and dig into that stuff. Like it, it, I think it is an understated feature that doesn't get enough credit for what they're doing. Uh, one of the other things they talked about was this promotion with Netflix's Red Nose Notice, which is that new movie starring uh, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. You can go to this website, try to enter for prizes. And then there's also some, you know, new merch over on their official Xbox gear. And that, I mean, the big thing was obviously the Halo presentation and them announcing that multiplayer was, was out. Now, some news that came after that is some updates to the Xbox consoles. Xbox Cloud Gaming is, has now officially launched on the Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles. So you can play Game Pass games from the cloud on these consoles, which means that you can play them while they're downloading in the background. You can play them and try them. Uh, it doesn't download the games in the background. Oh, uh, there you can't do some, both at the same time? No, no, so you can you can play them and it'll pause any downloads that are in progress. Oh, got it, but, got it, got it. But okay, but yeah. at least you can try a game before you download it. And for those who have bandwidth caps, right? It It is nice to be able to try it and see if it's even worth spending your precious gigs on. Yeah. Uh, or even cool considering how, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say one of the cool things that uh, I did read about was say there's a cloud game that you don't have installed and your friend sends you an invite um, to it, um, it will just boot up that cloud game, uh, boot it up right for you. So say you sent me a Sea of Thieves invite and I didn't have Sea of Thieves installed, it would just boot me right into it, which is, I think, a really neat uh, way of uh, handling all that. Yeah, and the other thing is, say you still have an Xbox One and you can't get your hands on a Series X, there are some next-gen specific games that you will be able to play on your Xbox One through cloud gaming and so i mean i'm excited to give it a shot and and try it out like i said i think the biggest thing for me is being able to try these games out before i download them because the gift and the curse of xbox game pass is that it fills up my storage really quickly and there's been many times where i've played a game for 20 minutes and decided you know what this isn't for me or i'm just not in the mood for it right now and then booted it off and it'll save me that uh, the other thing is the november xbox update has a couple quality of life improvements. There's new and improved color filters on the Xbox Series X. They let you customize the visual experience and distinguish between colors that otherwise may appear similar. This is more of, you know, for people who have color blindness. Uh, there's also new game accessibility feature tags in the Microsoft Store. Now, there's a controller firmware update, the new firmware update for the Xbox wireless controller with Bluetooth support. Uh, controllers, uh, Elite Controller Series 2 and Adaptive Controllers. 
delivers next-gen features previously only available on X and S controllers, which means better cross-device connectivity and reduced latency. The Xbox app is also getting an update. Now, I think the one that is update that's coming that's the most interesting and the most useful for like you and I, for example, is the updated volume and audio output settings for all Xbox consoles. Yeah. So there's a new streamlined audio experience with options like mute speaker audio when headset is attached. Now, I always have my TV volume set to zero because this feature wasn't there before, right? And I can't tell you the amount of times where I've been playing a game and I've had to tell one of my friends like, hey, your TV is up way too loud. Um, the other thing is they've also made relevant settings easier to access. And similar to what they have with the video display settings where it actually shows you what your TV is capable of, you can also now go in and do audio testing and see what your, your audio setup is actually capable of. That's pretty neat. That, that makes it helpful to see what my headphones can actually do. Yeah, right. All right. Microsoft is updating its PC gaming store to make Xbox Game Pass easier to use. There's faster downloads, better mod support, and other changes are on the way. Uh, this seems to be kind of one step of a larger push to support Xbox gaming for Windows PC users. And yeah. I, I, I think one of the problems was you couldn't, Oh, one of the biggest problems for Game Pass PC was you couldn't originally designate where you wanted to download your game. Right. Like, and so now you could do that. Mod support was non-existent. Now you'd be able to do that as well, um, you know, which is huge because a lot of these games that are on Game Pass um, could would be so much better with mods. Um, and, you know, I remember looking at Psychonauts and ended up just playing it on Steam because there's some stuff I just could not do or, or update with it. Mm -hmm. uh, for mod support wise um, using Game Pass. So um, I think this is all smart. It's definitely the push that they need uh, on the PC side because I know there's been a lot of problems um, with PC files, like the folder, people lose access to that folders. Like they'll even right. like, they'll like wipe out a hard drive and that space will still be taken. So, um, it, you know, that sucks. And so this is, I think, a good step towards helping to mitigate a lot of that. All right, staying with Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass gets Dead Space, Dragon Age Origins, and My Friend Pedro in November. Stop. Uh, <laughs> we don't need more games. <laughs> I know. And the funny thing is My Friend Pedro is actually returning to the service because it was on there before. I know because I played it on there. Yeah. And so this is one of the few times where we're actually seeing something return. Uh, here's the entire list. And the first one, the first game is coming out yesterday. So Dead Space came to the cloud. Dragon Age Origins came to the cloud. That was November 16th. Next Space Rebels came out today on cloud console and PC. X01, cloud console and PC. Fae Tactics, cloud console and PC. My Friend Pedro, cloud console and PC. Undungeon, <laughs> cloud console and PC. Deer Simulator. Mortal Shell, Evil Geniuses 2. I'm actually excited to try Mortal Shell. That's the... Dark Souls-esque type game, correct? Yeah, uh, I know my, bo my boss was raving about it. He said it was a pretty good um, indie, one of those. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's so many games already to play and it's insane the quality of games that they continue to get on there. 
and and that's this is just like the second half of November. It doesn't even count like what we talked about last week, which was mm-hmm. all the other games. Did you um check out San Andreas at all? No. So I was I I had talked about this how I had never really put any time into it, so I was gonna download it, and then it comes out and it turns out that that whole collection is a complete mess. Yeah. And so I don't want that to be my first experience with it if it's a disaster, you know. It, it seems like um, it just doesn't it seems like seem ran those it. games through like an AI to just like improve everything, and then no one went back and looked at if everything was okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here. So, in other news, Rainbow Six Extraction arrives in January. It will launch January twentieth, twenty twenty two. In addition, the publisher dropped the price of the standard edition. It will only cost thirty nine ninety nine with the deluxe edition costing $49.99. Now, the interesting thing is that Ubisoft also announced that it will include two buddy pass tokens with each copy of Rainbow Six Extraction, which will allow friends to play the game with you for free for a two week trial period. And the game itself will have cross play, cross save and cross progression. I feel like we've been hearing about this game forever because in fact, what was the first time? I think the very first time we heard about it had to be like 2019. Yeah. 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 2019. Oh, right. Oh, it's right here. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's been, you know, two years now, two and a half years by the time this finally comes out. And uh, it's been delayed two times since. So it's nice that it's actually going to come out. I feel like I was very excited about playing this game, kind of around the hype, the height of me playing Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. And now there have been so many of these types of games, right? These cooperative, um, left for dead like you know shooters, that I am weirdly less excited about it now. Yeah. Now, I, I know. I know what you mean. It's just there's been like an onslaught of these. Like what you had, like the Aliens one, Fireteam Elite <laughs> that we had, Back for Blood. It, I feel like there's another one that we're completely missing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been a bunch of these. And so I'm really curious if the drop in cost also speaks to maybe the amount of content we can expect coming out of this. I mean, I think so. And I also think that they are going to, in kind of typical Ubisoft games as service fashion, uh, have a ton of microtransactions and dlc that you can purchase for this game yeah and then by year three it'll be fantastic (laughs) all right that's been delayed to 2022 speaking or that's launching in 2022 speaking of things launching in 2022 Bilal, you want to take this next article yeah so the indie handheld play date has been delayed to 2022 making my decision not to pre-order it slightly better uh, I also saw their new timeline on it and was also met with FOMO because I was like, well, if I want to get one of these, I might have to wait till 2023 um, with how backed up these pre-orders are. And uh, they're blaming it on a battery, uh, battery issues, which, you know what, given those old Samsung, what was it, Note 7s, um, let's make sure <laughs> the batteries are <laughs> um, yeah. working just fine. Uh, especially if you're going to be keeping something like that in your pocket. So, um, you know, Panic sent an email Thursday that uh, the first 5,000 play dates, those scheduled to ship to customers this year, had battery issues that became evident during testing. 
Uh, we quickly became concerned that some of them weren't giving us the battery life we expected. Playdate's battery is designed to last a very long time and always be ready for you, even if not used for a while. But that yeah. will not that was not the case. In fact, we found a number of units with batteries so drained, Playdate wouldn't power on at all and couldn't be charged. That's the battery worst case scenario, especially. Uh, I I think. Okay. I think exploding, I think exploding <laughs> batteries is the battery worst case scenario, but. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Um, now, d just real quick, for those who may not know, so the Playdate is that small handheld that they announced that basically is an LCD screen, a D-pad, two buttons, and then a crank on the side that will have gameplay implications and, and developers are free to use that crank however they see fit. And so it is one of those things where it is such a you know, niche product but it's such a cool one. And while I didn't pre-order one, I did seriously consider it. And so I am super, super interested in see what the response is once this finally releases. Yeah. And um, my fear is that these things, um, so they're saying that the first 20,000 playdate handles will now arrive sometime in early 2022 with the next 30,000 coming in the second half of next year, which is, you know, I, I really hope, I mean, I hope this thing's a success, but I also hope they manage to find a way um, with all the supply chain issues to get these out faster. Yeah. All right. So from that bummer news to some actually little good news, in my opinion, yeah. Outriders reveals new horizon update and a new expansion. So we both played a, a very good amount of uh, loved Outriders. Outriders. <laughs> and I kind of fell off once it came to the end game content. Mm -hmm. Not that I thought it was bad, right? It just didn't hook me. Part of the reason it didn't hook me is I didn't like the fact that you had to kind of blitz through it, right? It was all time-based, which means that only certain play styles worked. You couldn't go in there with your build of choice. Now, one of the things they have done in their update is change the way the end game content plays. It is no longer time-based like that. They also announced that they are going to be improving, uh, you know, legendary drop rates and giving you a better idea of what you will be getting on each ex expedition, meaning that longer expedition missions will be re more rewarding. Um, so, the, also, there's some uh, quality of life features. There's go, they've introducing a transmog system, which was one of the first things yeah. I said that this game needed when we were playing, because there are some very cool armor sets and armor pieces, and being able to customize your character and get the look you want, I mean, that is what makes this type of game worth replaying, right? Is kind of grinding out the higher stats, but maintaining the look of your character the way you want it. And it's oh. a simple transmog system with no currency, Bungie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they've also gone, gone and buffed and balanced numerous skills and abilities in an attempt to create build diversity for players. Um, they also announced that players will be able to group up with their friends on any platform with their improved crossplay. Now, I hope it is improved because I had trouble sometimes just grouping up with people on the same platform yeah. when this first launched. Now, I, I'm, you know, I'm very, very excited to 
play this. They also did announce that they are adding a paid expansion called World Slayer, and that's coming sometime next year. Uh, they haven't revealed any additional details on that, but it is nice to see this game getting more content. I think we talked about it at launch where we they came out and they said, yeah, they yeah. they came out and they said, this isn't a live service game. This is just the game it is content complete and stuff like that. And the response at the time led both of us to say, there's no way they don't release more stuff for this, yeah. you know? And I'm glad that they're doing this way. I would much rather, not every game has to be a live service game. I actually think that I prefer games like this where they're releasing, you know, consist, I, I mean, now the gap in expansions a little bit bigger than I would like, but I would much prefer consistent expansions release bring me back to the game rather than a game that requires me to kind of be popping in every week or else when I do come back, I'm completely lost, not to name any names Destiny 2. Um, but I think, I think this is great. I'm excited. I still have Outriders downloaded. I think I might have it in cold storage, so I'm going to have to move it over from my external to the, the main storage. But I, I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about jumping back in this week if I can just to try out some of that expedition stuff that they've changed up. Yeah, and they, well, they also added four new expeditions as well. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you haven't had a chance, I, I think it's still on Game Pass. So It is, yep. Yeah, I, and Actually, it's also, if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, I think right now there's a sale going on for it as well, and you can get it for like 20 bucks if you wanted to own it outright in case it you know leaves the I service at some point. I think I want to do that. <laughs> I think I'm going to as well, yeah. yeah. All right, this next story I want to get to because this is the dumbest... This is dumb. I, I am not. You. Listen, this is dumb. I of you I'm going to listen. If this is even halfway decent, I'm going to play this. But this is dumb. All right. So Bandai Namco and developer Dimps revealed Dragon Ball The Breakers yesterday, a new game with an intriguing gameplay twist for the Dragon Ball franchise. It's an asymmetric online multiplayer games where players fight to survive in 7v1 matches. So think about it the same way you think about Dead by Daylight or Friday the 13th, where uh, seven survivors will try to outwit, outsmart, and outlast the player assuming the role of the raider. Now, the raider is going to be one of your big villains from the Dragon Ball Z franchise. I think they named three here, Cell, Boo, or Frieza. And those characters are overwhelmingly more powerful than the other players. The underpowered survivors, which includes the shape-shifting pig Oolong, must hide, use gadgets, weapons, and power-ups, or disguise themselves among the environment. What are video games? What? What? Like? What are we? What are we doing? You know? I I I I, 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 I didn't I, mention it, but I bought all those Naruto skins in Fortnite. Of course, no you did. To play just so I can have them. So you know, I can have Sasuke do a dance if I want any moment. Um, but yeah, no. Um, why not? I mean, uh, so I if this is fun and this is good, then uh, more power to it. Because I, yeah. I, on the one hand, I think that I, I mean, on the one hand, I like when developers experiment when they when they do spins on what are what is now an established genre in the asymmetrical multiplayer right i mean i think dead by daylight is probably the biggest of them but it's not the only one there's a whole bunch of games out there that have this asymmetrical multiplayer and i um so yeah i'm all for it i just the in typical dragon ball video game fashion 
I just think that the the trailer that they showed off with the game in game video like you know content that they showed the actual gameplay elements of it it just looks like a cash grab right does it not like those environments look yeah. so sparse and and it just there's no way this game is ends up being good <laughs> you know i mean i'd be more than happy to eat my words and be wrong about this but there's just no shot there's no chance but- but like here's the thing i think out of all the anime games out there i think the dragon ball community is the one that will pick up the games no <laughs> pick up with this nonsense it, it, yeah it, it, it doesn't yeah. matter what the reviews say like they will play it and they'll have fun with it. like xenoverse 2 i think still has support going for it a game that should know, has come out uh, i don't even know when xenoverse 2 came out uh but you know it, it, it just had such a long tail that i don't no, no one would expect that. Yeah, that game came out in twenty sixteen. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think there's a fandom for it. You know, Dead, Dead by Daylight also saw such a big um, resurgence. I think this year as well, uh, it got popular with streamers and stuff. And so, why not? Why not tackle it from? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Why not? Yeah. Right. If I, if, it, I, if hey, like I said, if it turns out this is good, I will absolutely play it. Yeah. I really hope this comes to Game Pass. I think this will just be something that's just perfect to play on Game Pass. All right. We're going to end the podcast with a couple bummer stories. One, a much bigger bummer than the other. But (sighs) stop me if you've heard this, but Activision's in the news again. A Wall Street Journal report this past Tuesday said that despite what he told Activision Blizzard's board of directors, Chief Executive Bobby Kotick did know of allegations of employee sexual misconduct throughout the company, including a rape allegation one former Sledgehammer Games employee made against a co-worker. It also goes on to state that Kodak, who came out and stated that he was cutting his own salary and promised a zero-tolerance change, only did so after the newspaper asked questions regarding that allegation. Uh, Tuesday's report depicts Kodak, Activision's boss for the past 25 years, as minimizing the problem to his board, if not outright hiding his full knowledge of it from them. Since that time, there has been shareholders um, who have come out and signed a letter asking for his immediate resignation. There's been, I believe, two planned employee walkouts until he is fired. And the board in two separate occasions has come out and basically stated that they stand behind Kodak and they remain confident in him and they believe that he appropriately addressed workplace issues brought to his attention. This is never, this, uh, this, you know what this feels like? This feels like this company is never going to get it together. Yeah. You know, Uh, they're bleeding talent already. They're bleeding talent. Yeah. Uh, Last week, I think it was, we talked about how, the only the female co-head of the studio that they had promoted how she had her name is escaping me right now how she had resigned and she was going to go start this you know uh nonprofit for women in gaming and jennifer o'neill jennifer o'neill it has come out since then that part of the reason that she resigned is that even though she was promoted to the same level as mikey barra she was being paid less than him right and while they came in under existing contracts and his 
had more responsibility prior you know to her position or whatever so his existing contract was for more once they were elevated to the same position apparently they both went and, and requested that there be pay parity and on numerous occasions they were denied that request now mikey Barr had came out and said that you know once their contracts were up they were going to be paid equal amount but she also came out and stated that yes while they both did ask for pay parity it wasn't until she tendered her resignation that they had offered to actually pay her in, in line and so i mean it's it's a complete nightmare i am uh did you i mean kodak there's that there's that and then there's what bobby bobby kodak did with like frown fran townsend's um letter so when the news oh right broke, yeah when the news broke uh about california suing activision uh over everything that they failed to address uh bobby kodak uh, you know uh, uh internal memo went out an email uh basically saying oh you know state of california doesn't know what they're talking about uh this that it was very poorly received Bobby Kodak himself came out and said, oh, that was like really poorly, uh, poorly worded. It turns out he was the one that wrote that letter himself yep. and sent yep. it out on behalf of one of the only female execs, not even running it by her. They just sent it out on their behalf. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that? Listen, until, until more shareholders come out and request for his resignation, until it starts hitting their bottom line, like... There, things just aren't going to change, you know? And so I, I don't see this getting turned around anytime soon, honestly. I, I it, feel like those employees should just stop working until... Um, yeah, you know what? I I, 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 <laughs> I agree with you, but it's also right easier said than done. People yeah, got to feed no, themselves. People got to feed their families. And so yeah. it, it's tough, man. My heart goes out to the employees there. And, and not just that, but all of the people whose careers were railroad and, and derailed you know oh, yeah. because of these yeah. actions and the actions of him all right the last news we have for this week while a bummer is nowhere near on the level of that one the new saints row has been delayed six months to august 2022 volition says the game needs more polish but that radical changes aren't coming uh originally scheduled to release in february they announced the delay in a letter to saints row fans early wednesday morning so today, the day we're recording, our priority is to create the best Saints Row game yet. And if we release on the original date, it wouldn't be up to the standards we've set ourselves and that you're expecting and deserve, Boone wrote. The team just need more time to do our vision justice. We're doing some fine tuning and there won't be much change in the game outside of overall quality and polish. In all honesty, we underestimated the impact COVID would have on our schedule, although everyone adapted very quickly to the working from home arrangement and continued to be incredibly productive. However, due to the size and scope of our new Saints Row, it's become apparent that to create the best game possible, we need to give our team longer to perfect their craft. Honestly, now, they, they could have just come out and said, if we release this in February, no we're going to get gonna crushed. Yeah, <laughs> because gonna buy it. releasing in February... Right now in the books, we have Dying Light 2, Horizon Forbidden West, Destiny 2's The Witch Queen expansion, and Elden Ring. Now, 
Yeah, you're right. They would have got absolutely crushed. That month is super, super busy with not just big names, but huge names. You know, it's not like they're vying for attention with people on the same level. They're vying for, at least in the form of Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring, like two juggernauts in February. Yeah. And all those games require so much time. Yes. So much, so much of your time. Like Die in the now, Light was not a short game. Right. So I don't imagine the second one's short either. And then Destiny is a time sink. So good. Now, yeah. Yeah. While I, yeah, while I do enjoy the Saints Row franchise and I would have been one of the people playing in February, I am totally cool with them moving to August, um, giving it more time if it needs more time. I mean, look what more time did for Halo, you know? Like, honestly, I'm glad that we don't do our game of the year conversation until the beginning of the next year because Halo is already climbing up that list just off of the multiplayer alone, you know? And so when a game is giving the time and the attention that it deserves and that it needs, we only end up with a a better product, you know? And while, yes, I was excited for this game, it's not, this game just isn't, the biggest game out there right right now you know like nobody actually knows what to expect for the most part from this new saints row reboot and so i think like you said getting out of the way of some of these bigger games and pushing it to you know august i think at the end of the day isn't going to impact their bottom line and is probably and is absolutely for the better you know um i mean nine times out of ten when a game is delayed like this because it needs more time and polish. The reality is, is that even when it releases, it probably could have used a month or two more, you know? So yeah. I, I, I'm all for it, you know? Yes, I was excited to play that game, especially considering that I, you know, have no interest in Destiny 2, Dying Light 2, and Horizon Forbidden West, you know, we'll see. But uh, I am excited for Elden Ring, and I would have been playing Saints Row as well. But I can wait till August. I need you to play one of those games. <laughs> I can't play all those in February. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Will Will I play three out of those four games? Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. But was I super excited for all those games? No. No, I wasn't. Okay. But, um, but yeah, and that about wraps up our, our news. You know, we had a ton of stories I thought that would take longer. The podcast itself took a while because we couldn't stop talking about halo but yeah we, no, we got I, through yeah, that we, we pretty quick shorter than last week which is impressive yep. um you know what everybody listen everybody comes here to hear what we have to say about the games we've been playing we know what you guys want we know what you guys love everybody's out there talking about the news you know you have your your ign's your katakos your your uh uh, I can't remember that right wing network. I was gonna make a joke about was O N A O O A and O A N. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, oh, everybody wait. just comes for what we've been talking about. I just, just want to say yeah, one, yeah. one thing. Um, yeah. The 20th anniversary Xbox controller, fantastic. Oh it yeah. Is, like, if you're, if you're listening to the audio version, apologies, but on the video version, like. The fact that it lights up to like the 360 uh, version of the logo, um, I love it. It's, it feels good. It, it's a great controller. Um, Hold on, give me a second. I need to check and see 
if my wife is in the chat she is not yeah so i got that one and my forza horizon 5 controllers i am just waiting for these stands that i purchased that match them so for those that don't know i controller gear always was the de facto go-to for the controller charging stands but now razor seems to have gotten the official license for those stands and uh they are they have been they've released one for pretty much every colorway controller that has been released and they have released one for forza horizon 5 controller and for the xbox anniversary controller so i'm waiting for those to come in and i'm gonna have them display it and i'll you know i'll put a picture up on all my social medias for you guys to see what they look like but yeah man I, it's getting bad out here <laughs> like yep. uh, between between those controllers between me hunting for this halo elite controller i've even thought about you know buying trying to get my hands on that halo series x and then selling mine you know uh current series x like i need to get my collecting under control <laughs> um th this might be a bad time to announce this uh real quick uh the shop atlas store is now in beta um so there's a lot of persona swag that I, um, <laughs> I do not oh yeah see some nice stuff here i can use a new cap yeah they have they have uh a nice winter beanie and then they also have a cap and all right listen let's wrap this up so i can get back to halo <laughs> below why don't you let everybody know where they can follow you where they can follow the site yeah um you guys can follow me on twitter over at, at Bilal underscore meon um uh, you guys can follow the site uh, by heading over to uh, www.theworkprint.com and uh you can find us uh, on all social medias uh just look up the work print uh we're there uh, i've done some uh logo updating across the board uh our old logo was a bit out of date. So if you're on Twitch or whatnot, um, you'll start noticing the gray work print logo um, everywhere. Uh, yeah, and uh, as always, uh, comment, subscribe, like uh, the podcast over on Apple iTunes uh, or your, whatever podcast feed you're using. It goes a long way. And um, yeah, uh, we got, um, yeah, that's about it. How about you, Rob? Where can people find you? Yeah, as always, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0 across pretty much every social media platform. I will, I believe I'll be streaming tomorrow night on the WorkPrint channel. I won't be doing Friday night. My, my plan going forward is to get in like, you know, Thursday, uh, we do the podcast Wednesday night, then I'll do Thursday nights, Friday nights, and, you know, sporadically during the day, other days of the week. But I have a wedding I am going to, and we're driving down to North Carolina uh, Friday night. So I won't be around this weekend. But that drive sucks. <laughs> because of the sporadic schedule that we currently have, me with, you know, life, Bilal with his newborn baby, I highly recommend you making sure that you have the notifications on for this channel. Um, thank you guys so much for coming, hanging out in the chat. I feel like every week I see more people and, and new people hop into the chat. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast, for listening. I, I've said it many times, the best way you can support us and my favorite way of supporting us is just tell somebody about it, somebody you think that might be interested um, and just, you know, word of mouth spreading the, the, the news <laughs> on our podcast and on our streams and then yeah of course if you have a twitch prime subscription burning a hole in your pocket feel free to use it here you know you want to use an actual subscription you can do that too i'm not going to pressure you you know 
Um, but at the end of the day, just being here is enough. And thank you guys so, so much. Bilal, thank you. I know with newer baby and Halo out, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, for you to get some time to do this. So thank you for being here. Uh, no problem, man. Um, I, it's always a blast. I, I look forward to this every week, especially this week. Um, and <laughs> then come December 8th, we got more Halo to talk about with that. Campaign. I know. So, I know. Uh, it's, it's good time. It's good time all around. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye.